0: Hello and welcome back to the go for Two podcast. This is episode 16. I'm your host Liam Horsley and as always I'm joined by Patrick. Patrick, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good thanks. We're just talking off air. Coming back off a holiday so I'm uh, refreshed now after my first week without a podcast in the year. So I'm uh, ready to go for this one I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Uh, plan for the pod. Uh, we are going to do a little bit more draft stuff just off the top. Uh, we were going to record last week but I didn't quite out with our guests schedule so we'll do a little bit more draft stuff off the top and then we're just going to talk all things uh, nfl schedule because it's schedule release week this week I, I thought this time i'm not sure about you mate but they made a bit more of a kind of deal of it i think um with the whole in the morning they released the first game of the season didn't they and then they tried to make everybody wait till well 1am our time for the full release i thought they kind of made a big deal of it what are your thoughts on, on yeah, how they kind of did yeah. it?
1: i agree with you actually because i felt like throughout the day there was like official leaks, more than kind of just like getting leaks off the Athletic or Adam Schefter or whatever. There was kind of official leaks through teams throughout the day, which I quite liked. It's just the NFL just knows how to make an event out of absolutely everything. Don't they <laughs> basically it's the schedule. You already know who you play yeah yeah they're... years in advance. You just don't know what order, but they make it into some big. Like, deal like it's a surprise that the Eagles are playing the Falcons. It's like they already knew this three years ago, but it's
0: still exciting. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, because you know, like, basically 90% about 80% of the new schedule don't you uh three years in advance and then all you have to do is there's only three teams that you find out the season before you're playing yeah season finishes in January so in January you know every single team your team's playing but for some reason which order they play in just gets you excited and everyone yeah (laughs) everyone gets buzzing I do find it interesting they used to do the schedule release uh before the draft actually a few years ago and now they've basically said they're going to permanently move it to after the draft and I just think it's what we've said before, where they're trying to make the NFL basically a whole-year league, aren't they? Where there's no kind of breaks, um, rather than just extend it out. Because before, as soon as the draft was over, you kind of didn't really worry about it for two or three months. But now the draft's over, and then you're waiting another couple of weeks for the schedule. And then it's the rookie mini camps to start, and they get the new squad numbers and stuff. So they're trying to make a whole-year thing out of this league, which I think is quite cool.
1: Yeah, it stretches it out, doesn't it? Because I kind of like, obviously, the NBA usually as the early part of the summer don't they but I think they're trying to do everything in their power just to get any impressions or any kind of ratings back onto the NFL in that time so
0: yeah
1: I mean it's good for the fans isn't it
0: yeah definitely yeah it's definitely it's a. Uh, have got a few friends in America and it's just by far the most important league uh, that everyone cares about people still love the NBA I'm an NBA fan but the NFL just almost rules the whole year now they're Basically, going to go to an eighteen-game schedule. They got Christmas Day games now that they haven't had always in the past. So, I think they're just trying to rule the whole calendar. So, it's good for us. Good for recording a podcast because we never get bored of uh, stuff to talk about. Yeah. Uh, but cool. Let's move off from the schedule for a little bit. Then just kind of go back to the draft. Uh, we decided to come up with three kind of draft classes we really really liked and thought were, the picks were really really good. And then we're just going to do one each that we think was terrible because we don't want to be too negative on the pod, but we asked for a little bit of shade out. Uh, and maybe one of us chose the raiders maybe one of us hasn't raiders get a lot of stick we'll have to we'll have to see but let's start on a positive note mate go with your kind of top draft class in your opinion that you had on your list
1: i'm going to go for the miami dolphins they had a lot of draft capital did a couple of moves did a move with the 49ers and did a move with the eagles and then still ended up with two premium first round players and then in the later rounds, Eichenberg, Hunter Long, Lionel Coleman as well. I just think with the addition then of Jalen Waddell and Jalen Phillips, I just think that was a great draft. I mean Flores, Chris Greer, a couple of years in a row that they've done it now, isn't it? So yep. I think Eichenberg probably a new starting right tackle. So long, the tight end, these are pretty good blocker as well, so I just think that now the GM, I mean, Chris, Chris Greer he's set up the Dolphins now to win, and it's all on um, just going out there and doing it now they've got the right coach, I think we're going to find out whether they've, Tua Tagovailoa is the right guy under centre, so yeah really excited about the Dolphins this season
0: Yeah, I do agree I think that, not this would be two as last year if it doesn't do it, but I think this would be the key year where they decide, right do we need to trade loads of our picks to get a quarterback, or is two are kind of good enough? Because the the roster is very good. So they're four picks, like you said, they're in the top 50, and then another one in the top 100. So you shouldn't get that draft wrong, but a lot of teams still would get that draft wrong. Um, but the Dolphins haven't, like you said. They've probably got their third-choice receiver, maybe second-choice, depending on how you look at it, um, They've got starting edge, starting safety. I think Eichenberg will play right tackle, like you said. I think Hunter Long at tight end will probably be their tight end too, to play alongside Kosicki. So they've arguably got not five starters, because you don't start two tight ends, but they've got five players that will play a large amount of snaps, which I think is just incredible for for any draft class, especially when you've got a team like New England and Buffalo that are rebuilding so well. Dolphins had to keep up, and I think they did, which is good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think on on tour as well, I don't think you need him to be top ten. But if he can be a average to above-average quarterback, I think that team's going to go somewhere. But it just depends whether you can get him to that level. We're going to find out, aren't we?
0: Yeah, it'd be interesting for his career as well, because he's probably not stupid, realising how many picks they've got. Uh, and there's a few veteran quarterbacks in the last six months that have not been happy with their teams, whether it's uh, Russell Wilson, obviously Rodgers, uh, you've got the whole Deshaun Watson thing, so... It would still not shock me if they went out and got a quarterback next year. So, I think he needs to be, like you said, an average to, to good starter this year. Top 15, maybe, at his position. I think that he'll, they'll give him another year because I think Flores really likes him. But they can't have another year where they're worrying trying to bring in a backup. Like, if they've got Prasetta and there's backup this year, they can't be bringing him in off the bench to win games like they did with Fitzpatrick because that's just not going to be conducive for, for, for good football, I think, going forward. Yeah. But but definitely good class. Yeah. Um, they were an option for mine, but my first one, I actually went with the Browns. Uh, very, very good. This is kind of a bit of a chalk answer because most people seem to think that they had a, a good draft class. But for me, a lot of the what they've done the whole off-season has been very good. We're going to talk about the whole off-season next time in more depth. But I just think their new gem is incredible. So in the first round, they got Greg Newsom at 26, someone who you love. Uh, second round, they got Jeremiah Wissakoromoa, linebacker, who was scheduled to go in the top 20, 25 picks. But apparently there was a heart issue that, he didn't actually have the heart issue in the end, but they couldn't get checks on it. They couldn't get answers on it in time, so teams kind of let him fall down the board. But since the draft's finished, uh, those checks have come back fine, so they have got a top 25 player in the second round just by taking that risk, which I think is impressive. Uh, third round, they got Anthony Schwartz from Auburn. For me, I think he was a fourth-round player, but they haven't really got anyone on the roster like him. Uh, and obviously, I'm a Chiefs fan, so I watch Tyreek Hill every week, and I know if Schwartz is half as good as him, arguably faster than Tyreek Hill as well. Uh, he'll just do something different for the offence and he'll help Odell get open underneath. So I think that that could work. Uh, and James Hudson's a good backup tackle in the fourth round. The rest of the picks are kind of just depth, but I really like what they did in the first four picks. Uh, and the first two picks, probably the best first and second round picks in the whole draft for me. So the Browns definitely got an A-plus from in, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, now is the time that you can officially announce that the Browns are stacked, aren't they? <laughs> they are, yeah. It's time for them to win. Can they go further than last season? Yeah, maybe. It all depends on whether you can kind of get over the mental loss of that because, obviously, when Mahomes went out in the the playoffs, kind of a, the momentum swung to the Browns, didn't it? But they kind yeah. of... You know, I wouldn't say they choked because, obviously, the Chiefs are not just based off Patrick Mahomes, but that was must have been a big big disappointment to him so
0: yeah because they they almost stopped scoring didn't they that was the problem yeah, they just exactly. scored at the the normal rate they were they'd have had a lead going into the last drive probably and then you chiefs are relying on a backup who's played like four starts in 10 years to, to come back which probably just doesn't happen but they didn't score enough points um which I think could be the problem this year. I love the fact they've redone the whole defence. Their defence is absolutely stacked now, like you said. The guys they got from the Rams, these two picks as well, they'll start. They've got Grant Delpit coming back, haven't they? And they've got um, is it Greedy Williams was their corner last year that was injured. He'll be back in the fold. So yeah. their defence is stacked, but it's all on Baker. May- it's very similar to Tua, but slightly, obviously, less because Baker was better last year. But it's very much all on Baker Mayfield, isn't it? If he has a great season, they're going to be a top probably four record in the NFL. He has an average season. That'll be a top eight record just because they've got a good team. But then it's going to be hard to win a playoff game, isn't it, with a, a quarterback who's not playing well. So I think a lot of pressure on, on Baker Mayfield.
1: Yeah, whilst the big two big defensive additions that I love, Newsom and Owusu Karamoa, I think Anthony Schwartz could end up being the most important player to add in that team, to add the add the speed into the slot, which they don't have an incredible amount of. Like they've got obviously they've got the two running backs, like the probably the best tandem in the NFL, Hunt and Chubb. But just adding that speed in where you can place him anywhere on the field, I think that is gonna be the key this season for the Browns. I can see them going to the AFC Championship.
0: Yeah, potentially. potentially. I think they'll be very, very disappointed if they don't get to the same level they did last year, at least.
1: Oh, um, it'll be a disaster if they don't get to the same level with that with, the, with that roster that they've got, yeah.
0: And if, if it was a Browns-Bills divisional matchup, I'd love to see that, because those two teams are built very similar, aren't they? They're very deep, deep rosters with good coaches, Yeah. Uh, amazing GMs, so that'll be interesting. But the only other pick I'll shout out is uh, Dimitri Cofelton, round six running back. He'll be their third choice running back, but he's one of the best catching running backs, pass catching running backs from this draft. Uh, And he's actually played receiver as well from the slot. So it would not shock me if they also kind of paired him up with one of the other running backs for some sets and just kind of passed out the backfield with him and Hunt. Um, Yeah, I'd imagine he'll be on the uh, punt return, kick return team as well. Yeah, yeah. Pretty great. But yeah, Browns were my first team. Uh, Let's move on then to your your next team.
1: Nice. I'm going to go NFC North. Chicago Bears, which is probably not something I expected to say before the draft. <laughs> but Ryan Pace, I mean he's he's taken a swing because he needed to, but I don't feel like he absolutely gave up the future to get what he wanted in Justin Fields, Tevin Jenkins. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. usually when you trade up for that first round quarterback, you give up absolutely everything for your future and you think as long as he's good, we should be okay. But I just feel like, yeah, they got the. I mean, Jenkins is first round pedigree, isn't he? He's going to be starting straight away, probably at right tackle first, I'd imagine. But, yeah, oh, just they, a great. They just that tackle. left tackle, though, didn't they? Yeah, they did. I, I saw he signed somewhere, actually. I forgot where he signed. But... Uh, Washington, he signed with. Yeah, yeah. But they so also there's... got. Um, Larry Borum, Missouri, offensive tackle as well. So I'll slot him in somewhere. But, yeah, I'm just really happy for them, actually, because they've got a, got a couple of underrated weapons as well. Khalil Herbert, Daz Newsom, Not um, huge names coming into the draft, but they're actually two quite dangerous weapons. So especially Newsome from the slot, I think that could give Fields a little safety net at some point. Just he can get you nice 10, 15 yards, quite speedy. Um, yeah, But it's all on fields, isn't it? If he's good, then the Bears are going to be much better than they were slated to be two months ago.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Uh, and I think I have read that Tevin Jenkins as well was a, a kind of injury worry. That's why he slipped to the second. But, yeah, I think he'll start right tackle or left tackle now they've cut Leno. Um and obviously, Justin Fields should start at quarterback. <laughs> There's a lot of rumors already. Obviously, that they have to compete and stuff like that. And I just think if you start Andy Dalton, then you are just kill. Like you've done, you've you've made a decision here that might save your job. But if you start Dalton, you're just going to cost yourself the job because that would just be the most ridiculous decision to go into Week One.
1: I think that's just NFL official talk language. Do not think that yeah, we're going to go in and compete. You haven't moved up to get this guy to save your job to sit him down.
0: No, I would agree. And I'd pray, any Bears fans as well, they'd be praying that that's the case because Fields should definitely start. Jenkins will start. I think um, Boreham as well from Missouri. People think he could be a tackle or a guard. He played tackle at college, but a bit of a shorter arm, so he might be a guard for the future, which the the Bears do need as well. So I think that works well. Uh, And then round seven, Uh, Kyrgios Tonga from BYU that's a player that Jordan spoke about when he came on did our our podcast, talk about defence he had him as one of his sleeper uh, interior defensive linemen, I think he had a fourth or fifth round grade on him and they got him a pick 250 in the draft so just judging on what we've heard about him I think that that Tonga pick is also a really good one Um, helps build around the trenches which the Bears have always been good at so I think overall they've had a great draft but Fields is definitely the key isn't it, it's all all, all on what he's going to do for the future
1: Yeah I mean this year I think they don't need to, he doesn't need to win a lot. He just needs to show that he can be a really capable quarterback in this league. I, just, I don't think um, they need to get up there with like, oh, anything below 10 wins is a disaster for Fields. Even if he only gets five wins, but he looks great. I, don't, I think that's fine for the Bears. I think that keeps Pacers' job as well
0: might not keep Nagy's job. No, it might
1: not keep Nagy's job, but, no, um, it keep Nagy's job, but it's keep <laughs> Pace's job. And yeah. that's what Pace cares about,
0: right? I agree completely. Uh, I do think that there's a chance they could be really good, though. Um, because I'm not sure about the O-line. Like, I thought Jenkins was going to play right tackle, and they were going to play keep the, the current left tackle. But cutting him, I think, is a bit of a strange one. The other rumour was they could have cut Hicks or Jimmy Graham, but they chose the tackle, which for me, keeping the tackle over... The tight end is ridiculous. And the GM come out and did say that it was something to do with, I think he caught the most touchdown passes for us last year, he said, so we couldn't cut Jimmy. And I just think that is just a strange way to look at it. So they think they're closer to winning. Um, Obviously, Alan Robson, they've got Miller, they've got Mooney, they've got Newsom now. So their offense could actually be quite good. So, yeah, it wouldn't shock me if they were half decent, especially if uh, the Packers trade Rodgers, but we shall see uh my second team then uh, i think this is another team draft class that i know you like so i went with the la chargers uh AFC west opponent uh first round they got Rashawn slater didn't have to trade up for him we saw a lot of mocks where they traded up into the top 10 for him they didn't have to do that pick 47 they got uh santi samuel jr corner from florida state again that's a player that we've seen going in the 25 to 35 range and they got him at 47 so i think that's a good pick uh Pick 77, so round three, they got Josh Palmer from Tennessee. I really, really like Josh Palmer. I think he's going to be a good big X wide receiver for them. Uh, pick round three, Trey McKitty. That's just, for me, that's a terrible choice. That's the only one I didn't like. But after that, they come back and then get Chris Rumpf, Edge in round four. Um, Apparently, his name's Brandon Hymus. Uh, from Nebraska, uh, it says James, but apparently it's called Hymas, uh, he's the potential kind of backup tackle for them, isn't he, and then the, the later round picks are just flyers on athletic guys, but for me it's just those first three picks, Slater, Sam Jr. and Palmer, I just think they're really really good, and they've improved the team, which is all you can ask for
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree with you there, especially Josh Palmer actually, he was another one pretty underrated coming into the draft not a lot of talk about him, was there going yeah. around that area, so like that. yeah, like you said there about McKitty, that was a bit of a reach, but overall, it's a great class. And the important positions, really, were the first two picks, wasn't it? The obviously tackle and cornerback, so important to the league, so
0: and important to them as well. Then i always thought they had like a super deep defense, but they've lost a few players this year. I think can't remember one of the ones they lost. They lost Hayward. Uh, He left. They left. Lost another corner. They're starting safety from last year. Uh, well, not Murray, but the other one. Uh, they lost him as well. So I think that they needed to improve the secondary, which they did. And they their offensive line was rated one of the worst, wasn't it, in the whole league last year? So they got Corey Lindsley in. Uh, they got the guard in from Pittsburgh. I can't remember his name. But and now they've got um, Slater to start. Left tackle, you'd think. So they've kind of almost similar to the Chiefs in the same division. They've rebuilt their offensive line. Uh, and that would be good for Herbert because he'll have more time to flow. And he won't get hit as much as he did last year. Because if you watch a Chargers game... He was either throwing a really good pass or he was getting absolutely demolished. So I think for the long term health of the QB, it's a good decision to to build on that O line.
1: Absolutely. But, you know, on Asante Samuels, do you not find it mad that obviously his dad was a corner in the NFL? His dad's only 40. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah his dad's Asante Samuel's only 40, and then he's got son drafted in the top 40 in the NFL. Well, That's crazy, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that just, the only thing that doesn't shock me about that is when you watch the draft, you do see a lot of these kids that that coming into the league, and they're like, they ask them like, kind of what they're coming into the league for and stuff like that. And they and some of them have kids already, and they're like 19, 20 and you just and they obviously they have to provide for them. So I think that's probably similar. But to have two drafted in the NFL as well, and they play very similarly. Um, obviously, I didn't watch the senior play, but I watched YouTube clips after PFF basically said they were the same player, and they are literally the same player, and the way they play is. It's crazy. It's almost like watching the same person, but uh, perfect scheme fit there. A lot of press coverage, isn't there? With um, Brands Staley as the the new head coach there, so I think that Asante Samuel Jr. has basically fallen to the perfect team, to be honest. Um, yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Apart from maybe the fact he's got a lot of wide receivers in the in his division that are good, that he's gonna have to play twice because all three teams, maybe not the Raiders, but the other two teams have got good receivers. So. That's a, a slight negative, but I just think that you need good corners in the league, and the Chargers have got that, so they were my, my next team. Nice. So,
1: my third, final team, I'm going back to the AFC East, and I'm going with the New York Jets. Another team with massive draft capital coming in to this. So, obviously, they've got the QB that they wanted. It was getting. Zach Wilson all along weren't they? But yeah, I mean, felt like they could move up to get Vera Tucker from USC. Still got Elijah Moore, pick thirty-four. Love love those first three picks. I know that people might say it was a small reach on Vera Tucker, but they identified who they wanted and felt like they had the capital to move up. So I always kind of respect and like seeing that. So they've not mortgaged anything, have they at all? So. So I like that pick. Then obviously Michael Carter from North Carolina and Michael <laughs> from Duke as well, wasn't it? The cornerback. Yeah,
0: two, two. One's a second, aren't they? And one's not a second, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Then just some
1: later. I mean, they got a few later cornerbacks as well, Brandon Eccles and Jason Pivot from Pitt. So no, I liked it overall. I think the Jets are going to be much better immediately this season as well, especially with the I've seen Robert Salah in there, so no, I think there's a lot of optimism around the Jets at the moment, so yeah.
0: Well, yeah, for sure. Uh, I really like Wilson's QB as well, so I think that's key, isn't it? That that move is just, almost makes or breaks your draft class every single year, but they needed a QB and they went out and got one, obviously they didn't get the first pick like they wanted, but I think Wilson's a good kind of second option. The worry would be is if Fields is really, really good, then It can make you look a bit stupid, but you just got to trust your your kind of evaluation, haven't you? And just go with what you think. And I think that's what they've done. Uh, The Vera pick I really like, but I'm not quite as high on the trade up because I think that I I listened to a two for one drafts podcast and they were saying that the picks that they did have, they could have got Darasor, Ben Cleveland, and then a centre. I can't remember who the centre was, but and and a centre as well with the third round picks they gave up. So they could have got three offensive linemen for the price of one. Um, But I agree with you that if you identify talent and that's where you want, and you think you want a left guard rather than a tackle, then I think the Jets have done that. But I think two threes was a little bit much for for my liking. But him as a player, he, he, who you'd think is a 10-year starter at left guard, next to uh, Makai Becton as well, he's probably a 10-year starter at left tackle. So that whole left side of the line looks pretty mean going forward, I think. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Uh, move on to the last team then. I could not put my own team in. Bit of a homer pick. Uh, I went with the Chiefs just because <laughs> pratt uh, each normally drafts very badly, uh, in my opinion. I, I, I like him as a person, but uh, I'm a bit more sceptical than most Chiefs fans about him as a GM. But this was easily his best draft class. So obviously traded the first-round pick for Orlando Brown Jr. Some people don't include that, but for me, I think that's the key because they did that because they couldn't get a tackle in round one. Uh, and for me, the shocking part was getting a second round pick back. So with the second round pick, they picked Nick Bolton, linebacker. Um, not my most favourite pick. I would have picked a receiver, but I understand that Nick Bolton will probably start. Creed Humphrey, next pick at pick 63, he'll probably start. Uh, in round four, they went Joshua Kendo. He was kind of Jordan's best developmental edge when he came on the podcast and spoke about which kind of round four or five edges are the best. And he picked out Kendo as the best. So I really like that pick. Uh, and then in picks round five and six, they picked Noah Gray, Cornell Powell and Trey Smith. All three will probably start and they're getting those in round five or six. Trey Smith might take a year to start, but uh, he's a round three talent for most people. But his medicals just sent him down to round six. So for me, it's more the second day of the draft where they've got potential loads of contributors in, in Gray, Powell and Smith. Uh, f- for not a lot of draft picks, really p- picks five and six. So I think that was really, really good. And most people think they've got three starters and two really good depth players for this season. Uh, and if you're a good team and you pick at the end of the round, you don't often get that. So I just think they've improved their their floor of their team quite a lot. And they'll let the best players in the team then go and win games without having to worry about the weak parts of the roster.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. It's just adding in the depth, isn't it? The strengths that already exist. I actually quite liked the Nick Bolton pick. He's, he's not someone that we spoke too much about. Is the last mocks and everything, but but the Creed Humphrey pick for me is the best pick. That was a he was mocked
0: to go much much higher, wasn't he? Than that, so. Think he'll start at the center? Or have they got um, Austin Blythe, who started for the Rams last year, but he's only getting paid like seven hundred grand this year, so it's the cheapest starting center contract in the league. Do you think Creed Humphrey will beat him out and start? You think from day one?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, is there a rush on that? Do you? I think do you let them just compete? Because like you said, it's such a low salary, isn't it? On Blythe? Yeah. Probably just it, let them compete, don't you? And then. But you hope that Humphrey would then beat him out and then start,
0: yeah. Because yeah, he played a lot in college, didn't he? Um, yeah, yeah, he played a lot. Yeah, I think he didn't miss a single game. Um, I was it was single, definitely single game. But it might even be a single snap, which is almost every O lineman the Chiefs signed have hardly ever missed a snap. So I <laughs> think there's a uh, a reason for that after the Super Bowl. But what are your thoughts on the Cornell Palpit? Because uh, a lot of people liked him even more than I do, especially in the UK, because a lot of Clemson fans in the UK. But what are your thoughts yeah, on that?
1: Obviously, a lot of people watch Clemson, don't they, and like Alabama and Ohio State. So I think it's just someone that resonates with the UK fans a lot. No, but he's a he's a good player, isn't he? It's again someone. It's not someone that we spoke... I don't even think uh, Jordan spoke about him much when he came on, did he?
0: No, he didn't, no. That was one of the ones we didn't talk about at all, I don't think. No, but he's
1: pretty, he's pretty quick, isn't he? But he's... I think he was... Was he a senior, actually? Because he's, he's almost... Um, yeah, he's a... 4
0: isn't he? Yeah, he's a senior. Um, and anyone who hasn't seen a photo of him, he's absolutely massive. Yeah, <laughs> and, he's a big-bodied guy, isn't he? Yeah, and if you watch the Chiefs play, you'll know that their receivers are all small. Um apart from Sammy Watkins, who left. But now it looks like Powell's going to take number 14 off him. So maybe he's hoping to be the next best receiver from Clemson playing for the Chiefs. (laughs) Hopefully he has less injuries than Sammy. We'll see. Uh, Cool. Let's move on to our bad drafts then. Um, This was tough for me because I I don't want to always bag on the Raiders. Uh, It's becoming a bit of a common theme, isn't it, in the podcast? I know that when we talk about the schedule in a minute, we'll talk about the Raiders. But uh, they'll probably beat the Chiefs at some point, and it just to wind me up for the <laughs> for the whole podcast. But for me, I decided to go with mine. I went with the New Orleans Saints uh, as my kind of one. Uh, Texans and Raiders always get the stick, whereas the Saints for me was just a strange draft. They've got a lot of contra- contract issues. They sorted them out for this year with not many cuts, but next year they're going to be in even worse position, um, especially if the cap doesn't rock it too much. So they need a good draft class. But they went Peyton Turner in round one, who... I wanted the Chiefs to pick, but I wanted them to pick him at 63, thinking he'd still be there. So the fact they took him at 28 was a bit crazy to me. Uh, Pete Werner Werner as well, Ohio State. Again, a lot of people had a round three grade on him, and they picked him in round two. Um, Then they went Paulson Adibo from Stanford. A lot of people had a round four or five on him, and they went in round three. So for me, every single pick is a round early. Uh, Then the worst pick is round four. Ian Book, quarterback, Notre Dame. He's six foot. He's... uh, very similar to Drew Brees in terms of stature, but uh, and I know I think he's got the all-time passing records now for Notre Dame, which is pretty good. But overall, the average in the consensus board pick for him was round seven, uh, and they picked him at one three three. So that is just crazy for me. That's basically a hundred and ten picks, twenty five picks. Sorry, uh, more than he should have gone. Um, so I think that's a strange one when you've got callbacks already on the roster and you, you know he's not going to be one for the for the future for me so I just think the Saints for me are a team that need to do well with their kind of roster setup, similar to the Chiefs but unfortunately for them I think they just overdrafted players and I don't think any of them will start apart from maybe Peyton Turner and play any minutes this year
1: Yeah I agree with you there obviously on the Turner pick that was quite a surprise wasn't it but then obviously going back to Ian Buck he might be the same height as Drew Brees, but he is not Drew Brees. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a, it was a, that was a real surprise, actually. Yeah, I was, people, I was shocked, to be honest. Yeah, same here. A lot of people on my timeline were absolutely buzzing about it, but I just thought you've just not watched Notre Dame enough in the last few years to know that this guy is not going to be a starting QB ever in the
0: NFL. I don't think. No, it'd be a, it might be a good backup, Chase Daniel level backup one day at best, but you're not drafting that in the fourth round, are you? And you've got Taysom Hill fighting for snaps at quarterback. I think they could have done more there. There were rumors they were trying to trade up for Mac Jones. Um, but yeah, you've just got to pull the trigger on stuff like that. You can't go thinking Ian Book is your second option. I think that's a, a very uh, wasted pick, in my opinion. Yeah, same. Who's your team? It is.
1: The Rams.
0: Yeah, this is a good one as well.
1: Team, obviously they had no first round pick, did they? But then I think I mentioned before that I feel like the 2-2 Atwell pick was not a wasted pick, but, you know.
0: A reach for sure.
1: A reach when perhaps they they are, I mean the Rams should be looking to be Super Bowl contenders, shouldn't they? And I'm just not sure that that was the one pick that they could have made that could have taken them over the top.
0: Terrace Marshall Jr. as well, and uh, D'Army Brown were both on the board at that pick as so. well. Yeah, they were.
1: I mean, they got some steady... I mean, Bobby Brown from Texas A&M, he's a, he's a good player, he'd be a good rotational player on the defensive line. And But then, you know, they've got Ernest Jones, South Carolina, Robert Rochelle. I just didn't love everything that they did overall. I don't know whether they just... Les Snead might have got a little bit cute, do you know what I mean, with his picks and when they were yeah. sitting in that Malibu house or whatever. But, yeah, I just didn't love it overall. But, I mean, there's going to be Super Bowl contenders, aren't they? But I just think that a better draft maybe could have put them over the top this season.
0: Yeah, they needed a good round two and round three picks, didn't they? And they went with Atwell and Jones and that neither are going to move the needle. Neither will probably even start, I don't think, for the team to be honest with you. Tutu Atwell definitely won't start, but I don't think Ernest Jones will start either. So, yeah, similar to the Saints, isn't it? A team that has such a good roster, paying people such heavy amounts of money, they need their draft classes to play and play well. Um, But I don't think this draft class is going to be that good. Even Jacob Harris, wide receiver in round four, he had a seven-round grade on it on average, and they picked him in round four. So I think... Their wide receiver scouting maybe is a little bit off this year, but we'll see. They could maybe prove us all wrong, but Tutu Atwell, £149, is going to be the uh, the smallest receiver in the history of the NFL, I think. Yeah, definitely. And they'll probably score a touchdown against your Eagles now if you're playing them this year. I don't know if you are, but just to, uh, just to wind you up. <laughs> yeah, well, that,
1: that's no surprise,
0: isn't it? <laughs> Uh, cool all right let's move on then from the draft Um go on to talk about some schedule chat so on Wednesday NFL released its schedule like we said earlier in the morning they released their week one and then they kind of leaked a few picks but waited to the end of the evening when it seemed like every team had a different kind of funny video to release their schedule but we're now officially four months away from the start of the season uh, which is crazy let's kick it off then with London games first Finally back to, to London games. Only two this year, though. There's none in Mexico City, none in Germany. They're both coming next year. So there should be four international games next year, uh, but just the two in London this year. So first game was Falcons and Jets, which is, I think, 10th of October, maybe week five, I think. Uh, second game was Jags, obviously, London's team versus the Dolphins. That's in week six, so the week after. they are both been played at Spurs. I think they're both 2.30 kickoffs as well at our time, which I think people prefer. Nobody wants to go to a six o'clock game because then you miss... The whole evening don't you red zone so I think that was a good move what are your thoughts let's start with the first game what are your thoughts on Falcons Jets game yeah I mean
1: to be fair I look at it as it's still so lucky that we actually get regular season games in London because when you think about it on that kind of level it's crazy that yeah we get that over here I think Falcons Jets is a great game
0: there's um, a lot of Jets fans isn't there in the UK as well
1: there's a lot of Jets fans, yeah. There's actually a surprising amount of Falcons fans as well, maybe if you don't, maybe kind of concentrate on that level on the Falcons. But two two quite large fan bases, not kind of, what do they say, not like old-school fans, more new-school fans, I think. Yeah. But I like the game. I think you're going to see some exciting rookies, right? I mean, yeah, Kyle Pitts as well. Kyle Pitts, exactly, that's... See so, yeah, how much hype's still on Kyle Pitts by the time that that game rolls around. But, yeah, I mean, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Matt Ryan,
0: Zach Wilson, Elijah Moore. What more can you want? Yeah, Jets got those receivers well, haven't they? Corey Davis, they got Denzel Mims, Jake Crowder. Um, they picked up Elijah Moore, didn't they, as well, in the second round the Jets. So, yeah,
1: exactly. It's, uh, two off- game.
0: Yeah, two offensive teams, and I don't want to... Uh, slag the, fa- the the teams off too much but two terrible defences as well so I think we could see a high scoring game um, but I
1: think that kind of suits the London crowd
0: yeah it does yeah Do the neutrals as well
1: especially. yeah neutral fans I think just a high scoring game kind of suits more than like a I mean I, I actually I don't think we spoke about this ever but I actually love games that are like 16 13 I, <laughs> I had a, I had games a feeling like you might you...
0: Games just in the trenches but I
1: know no, that I that's think... not good for London, is
0: it? <laughs> no. I think you can imagine, as a Chiefs fan as well, that's not my favourite type of game. My yeah. favourite type of game is the uh, the Rams-Chiefs Monday Night Football when it's 55-48. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I agree. I think these two teams are just going to be terrible defensively. So there'll be a lot of points scored, which is good. What are your thoughts on the crowd? Do you think they will have full capacity? Obviously, we haven't heard anything officially, but we're well into vaccine season, aren't we? Now they've announced in June... Uh, there's a chance people will stop wearing masks if they're vaccinated and uh, the premier league I'm a lead season ticket holder so there's hopes that we get to go to football games next year in england so what are your thoughts on the the attendance do you think they wouldn't kind of have brought the games back if they haven't been promised full attendance or you think that they'll just go with it regardless of what the government say and if it's 50% they'll just keep the games i mean if it's not
1: 100% it seems mad to me yeah to even have the games over here but I did think what you just said there, or oh, I wonder if they've kind of been promised and things like that. I really don't know that they would get that kind of yeah. promise at all because we kind of don't know anything about why I mean, the <laughs> I mean, Premier League is just so big, isn't it, worldwide? And that's our own league. And they don't know anything, do they? Apart from they can have a few fans in yeah. the next coming game weeks there sort of thing. But yeah, I, I just I really hope that it's all sorted and we can have full crowds because otherwise it seems pointless to me and then it's going to make the tedious ticket argument that
0: is flooding my timeline already that i've told you about <laughs> yeah even worse yeah there's a lot of uh well i'll say it's on twitter guys we should need to relax a bit about these tickets because no one's got a ticket yet officially so people are just panicking uh, and frustrated about the ticket situation before it's even happened um But I think that's very much uh, a British thing, isn't it? Unfortunately.
1: I mean, the sport is growing exponentially, right? Since 2007. Yeah. It does stand to reason that not everyone can get a ticket, unfortunately.
0: And it's a smaller ground as well. People forget yeah, that. Wembley's nearly 20,000 more, um, especially with hospitality as well. So people forget that. that that's a lot of people. That's 40,000 over two games, isn't it? So. I think that, that people need to remember that but hopefully go for two podcasts will be representing being at the game hopefully drinking a beer that fills up from the bottom that I've famously been told about a million times from the Spurs stadium uh, okay, yeah it does yeah I think, I think I've think uh, i I've had a few of them from somewhere else it's quite impressive hopefully I'll be trying that out when, and I'll probably be wearing a Kyle Pitts Falcons jersey that I've overpaid for outside the ground because I've got excited that will <laughs> probably be exactly what happens uh, cool second game then Jags like we said London team um, apparently the Tony Khan I think uh, Jags owner I think is the uh, that's his name he's uh, unhappy apparently because he wants to play all his games at Wembley but they put both games at, um, at Spurs which I find interesting and then a new kind of head of NFL UK has also come out and said that next year when the Jags contract stops they're just going to take more teams from anywhere uh, and there's a chance maybe that Teams that, like, for example, the Bucks could come over and play at Old Trafford because they've got the same owner. So we could next year see a bit of a, a different swing from, from, from these sort of games. And maybe the Jags not being so heavily involved. But this year they've got their annual home game. Uh, Dolphins as well. So another kind of starstruck team in terms of tour. Obviously Jags have got Trevor Lawrence as well. Uh, Alabama Clemson Ties there. So another kind of offensive matchup for me. And I think the Dolphins are arguably one of the most supported teams in the UK, similar to Jets, because of the history. And the Jags are arguably the most supported just because they've kind of rammed it down our throats for for like eight years. Um, So what are your thoughts on this matchup? Because for me, I think this game will have a hell of an attendance. And I think the viewing figures will be very, very good as well for the two teams.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like you mentioned, I think Dolphins probably got the, one of the top three fan base in the UK. for base from when it all started in the '80s with Mourinho, uh, Dan Mourinho, whatever. But
0: Jose Mourinho. I was going to say Jose
1: is the <laughs> just seen an. Is, do you know why? I've just seen an advert pop up <laughs> completely off target. Is uh, Jose Mourinho's on Talksport now? Apparently, so that could be interesting. May they ask his opinion on the Jags Dolphins game first. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was at one of the NFL UK
0: games. I remember him um, watching him being interviewed. He's probably got booed, I imagine. Most guests seem to get booed at the NFL UK games when they come on on the sidelines. It's quite funny.
1: Yeah, but the, the game overall is the least surprising. The Dolphins have been over now, This is the fifth time. Yeah, feels like the ultimate safe pick that the NFL could do to bring over the Dolphins. But I like the game overall I think obviously like you said there's a lot of stars playing Trevor Lawrence is just going to be so cool to see live yeah exactly it's also going to be great to see Urban Meyer when he's lining up
0: with Tebow and oh, the God. <laughs> we haven't spoken about Tebow yet but let's just hope he's cut by the time this game rolls around for me That's the no,
1: way mate, I'll... he'll be like running jet sweeps and everything I think it's <laughs> going to be
0: absolutely amazing 36-year-old bloke running jet sweeps. Sounds, <laughs> that's very London NFL to me, I think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, Only only Urban Meyer would have even a thought to have done that. Maybe the Dolphins could sign Vernon Kay as a linebacker to get him to cover Tebow one-on-one. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see. But I think it's a good game. Uh, I think this game, to be honest, will have... I'm not sure how it's going to work with season tickets and stuff, but I think this game will have the most demand, I think. Uh, just so many Jags and Dolphins fans, and obviously it's in London. Being at Spurs Stadium, and that's where most of the Jags fans seem to be. Because if you've taken a kid to the NFL UK games before, they just talk. It's just Jags non-stop isn't it? All the jerseys, are Jags ha- hats, scarves, everything is, is Jags related, um, and they're always the home team. So you always get the flags, the music, and stuff like that. So I think there'll be a lot of Jags fans wanting to go to this game. Then they uh, get I, beat. Yeah, the
1: yeah,
0: they often get beat. The funny thing with the Jags was, I remember when I first kind of. Got more and more into going to NFL UK games because I missed the first two years worth of games and then I didn't miss a game after. But I remember that uh, Blake Balls obviously got drafted, didn't he? And most, a lot of the people that go to the Jags games are either young. Or a lot of them are rich at Wembley because, obviously, hospitality is, is so expensive. And a lot of people buy Blake Bortles jerseys. And he seemed to always play well in London. But obviously, I because I watch every game, and so do you, we all knew that Bortles was terrible. But it seemed like the local London fan thought he was immense and he was good every time. I remember going to the Bills game, my friend Scott, and I think he had like 300 yards passing, two Russian TDs. And I just think, like, it was so funny, the amount of people that got balls jerseys. Uh, and, then they re- and then they've come to realise, like, two years later, when they go to games that he's not there, they're like, oh, right, he obviously must have been absolutely terrible. But uh, <laughs> let's just thing. say, I've, I think Wembley has sold a lot of Bortles jerseys in the last 10 years, to be honest. Like, too many, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And he's but just but signed for the Packers, right? Yeah, future starting quarterback for the Packers, probably. There we go. But, yeah, two good games. Um, next year, the, the rumours are Germany as well. So I'd be interested to see how many UK fans go over to Germany. Because I think you'll get a lot of hardcores that have kind of done the UK, the, the NFL London stuff so many times now that they'll want to get all their mates together and fly to, to Munich or Berlin, wherever it's going to be, uh, and watch next year's Germany game. So I think that'll be... Uh, that'll be
1: now that is, I would much rather go there than to watch <laughs> anything again in
0: London. Well, I, I would put my mortgage on you going to that game in Germany. For yeah, definitely would. <laughs> Especially if it's in uh, that Munich, that new Munich stadium. I think that will be a good one. Um, I think that's the rumours where it's supposed to be, is Munich rather than Berlin. But we'll see. Uh, cool, let's move on then. to We'll talk about the week one schedule, and then after we'll pick out some standout games for the rest of the season. So I had one that I quite liked um, that suits our, our kind of podcast theme of slagging off running backs in the first round. Uh, Steelers versus Bills I was surprised they put this game on this was kind of the game that killed the Steelers season last year wasn't it when Josh Allen came in and I think beat him by about 15 or 20 um, at home last year so I think that was a that's a good one Um, two kind of top teams technically Uh, I'm not as high on the Steelers but they've got loads and loads of fans so in terms of viewing figures this game's going to be absolutely crazy get Josh Allen back see if he can kind of not be as good as last year necessarily but be consistently good rather than go back down to his old level that's another kind of storyline for the game Big Ben's probably last ever season you think in Pittsburgh uh, Najee Harris' first game in Pittsburgh so I think that's a really really good game uh, that they picked out and I think you'll get a lot of eyes on the telly so I think the Steelers Bills for me is one that stands out in, in week one
1: yeah, nice. There's a. I actually quite like the week one schedule. It's kind of a few kind of random games. You don't think you never thought like Cardinals Titans would be a week one game.
0: Yeah, I, they, it's quite strange, isn't it? How they they every year now in week one they seem to put more and more good games on, which is cool. But we're all going to watch week one regardless. I do think sometimes they should spread it around because we'll get to week six and we'll have an absolute stinking week, won't we? unlike like week six or week seven, but yeah. They just like to hype it up. Don't they? The NFL. So
1: I do like um, obviously Dolphins Patriots. Obviously it's a divisional game. I love that. I just think straight in the the new look Patriots sort of thing. I mean, how many signings they made in free agency versus the Dolphins coming in. Mac,
0: to- Mac Jones maybe as well.
1: Yeah, you never know, do you? If something happens to Cam in training camp or whatever, but. Yeah, then the Dolphins with all their new weapons. There's going to be some overreactions for some fan bases after that game, whichever way it goes.
0: Yeah, there's going to be... um, They got Lynn Bowden Jr., didn't they, the Dolphins? And he threw a few passes from wide receiver. And I'm expecting to see him throw a bomb to to Will Fuller or... uh, Waddle. Yeah, to waddle, yeah, and that just sent the whole place crazy. But yeah, I think that's a good game as well. Fan bases don't like each other either, do they? So it adds for an interesting wrinkle. I think that's a late game, isn't it, as well for us, which is nice. Um, 925.
1: Yeah, it might be 925 for us, yeah.
0: Yeah, my other two on my list, so I had Panthers-Jets just because of Sam Darnold, but I've hyped this up too much now, and I'm starting to get into the territory where if Sam Darnold sucks, like many people think he will, uh, I'm going to like an idiot because... Uh, a spoiler, I've already bet on the Panthers to win, so, um, so I'm not sure that's going to be a good one. But obviously, biased Chiefs fan, as always. Chiefs-Browns is a fun one, um, even for the neutral. Uh, repeat of the divisional matchup last year. Everyone loves the Browns' defense. Everyone loves the Chiefs' offense, I think. So that's quite a fun game. Uh, I'm just quite shocked that game's is as early as it is. The Chiefs have got loads of national TV games, and so the Browns have only got three, which I think is weird. Um, and this game's not, not going to be one of them. So I think that was a, a slight strange one. But in terms of week one, you're going to have a hell of a schedule again to watch the Chiefs-Browns on one TV and Patriots-Dolphins on the other. I think that's that's a good one. Pack of um, Saints at the same time as well. Yeah, nine twenty-five as well. Um, either way, I saw a good funny meme. Aaron Rodgers will be playing at nine twenty-five on week one because you've got the Saints, Broncos, and Packers playing, and they're the three teams that the odds to sign him. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to be busy at nine twenty-five on the twelfth of September. Yeah, definitely. Uh, um, any other any other stand for you? Yeah, I had
1: to smile to be honest with you at uh, Jags at Texans. That is yeah. totally to get Trevor and Urban a win right start. I'll tell you something, if they don't win there that is not a good sign No, that's not especially with Deshaun Watson almost guaranteed not Yeah, exactly, uh... Deshaun we we know now Deshaun's not going to be there if he was there, that's a different situation, isn't it but, you know, with Tyrod Taylor and then the rest of the ramshackle roster that the Texans have put together, I mean if Tra- Trevor goes in there gets blown out, then that's not a great
0: start, is it no, well, if you look at the schedule, they've been quite kind to them because their first games—not to go too far forward—but their first games are Texans, Broncos, Cardinals, Bengals. Like they—they they want Trevor Lawrence to get off to a hot start there, don't they, and win a couple of games, and they don't want him to lose that famous record of only losing two games. They want him to lose like his first three NFL games. So They're giving him undefeated.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh god, the, the <laughs> At least people will be buying Lawrence jerseys then, rather than uh, than Bortles jerseys. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, and the other two games, obviously, uh, that stand out a little bit, Sunday night and Monday night football, basically chosen due to the stadiums, aren't they? So Rams at home against the Bears, Raiders at home to the Ravens. There's loads of Bears fans, loads of Ravens fans. So they'll tune in as well. They'll be watched by loads and loads of people, but basically get to showcase the new stadiums, don't they? Uh, and you shared an interesting thing as well about the prices as well for Raiders games. It's the most expensive average NFL ticket in history now. Uh, I think it wasn't the cheapest that you shared, something like $680 for a ticket for the Raiders yeah, games. Yeah, yeah. I hope
1: you've got some money if you want to go to that first game, <laughs> Ravens at Raiders. So yeah, I think you're going to, on the day, I reckon you'll end up paying minimum four figures for a ticket.
0: Yeah, I've got, a, I said before in the pod, a close friend who's a Ravens fan, his mum and dad, they both turned 60 and it's their 40-year wedding anniversary in the same, like, two-week period. So he was flying over anyway. He's a Ravens fan. Uh, and he's flying over the week after, so he, well he was going to fly over the week after, so his plan is to now go over for the Raiders game, and then when I sent him the link to the tickets he was uh, not pleased, and I think his words were, I'm going to have to ask my mum to get them for me and dad as an anniversary present to dad, <laughs> that's how expensive they are, uh, so yeah people are still trying to go, rumours are they sold 10,000 tickets on the first night, so the Ra- the Raiders are uh, going to make a hell of a lot of money from uh, from that new stadium. But let's move on then to the rest of the schedule. Then uh, going to pick probably three games each, I think, that stand out to us. Um, one, you kick us off with your your first one. Seems
1: a bit of an easy one to pick, but books at Pats Week Four, for the obvious reasons of Brady going into.
0: Newham. Yeah. It's a
1: shame. It's kind of our. I understand, obviously, the NBC night game Sunday night, but for us, it kicks off at like one thirty, which is quite annoying, but. Just that storyline going in. That is going to have some wild overreactions if Brady goes in there blows out the Pats, or vice versa. Yeah. Patriots can sneak out a win, and that is going to have some overreactions. That's just why it's such a great game.
0: For sure. On paper as well, it's probably going to be the most watched game, isn't it, it's Sunday Night Football? especially the early weeks. I, I don't think it's any shock they put it on early in case the Patriots absolutely suck <laughs> and Cam Newton's, like, another down year. I think they put it early, haven't they, to kind of, in the hope that maybe both teams are with winning records and it means a bit more, is if you put it in week, like, 14 and the Patriots are done, I think it has less of a shine on it. So I think they're quite clever for putting this game on the slate quite early, aren't they?
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's about, starts about four hours four or five hours later than the chiefs at Eagles. So one of us will
0: be really sad.
1: Probably you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably. Yeah. mind. Especially if I fly to the game. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Even more case. Uh, Cool. Well, my first game also involves the Bucks. Uh, We didn't talk about it in the the first bit. So I went with Bucks Cowboys. Uh, So this is the first game. Uh, Everybody waits all summer for that first game. So this is Thursday night football. uh, First game of the season. I think they've chosen a good game here. They often kind of don't choose the best games for week one uh, for the opener, but they've chose a good game. But they're not stupid. They've also chosen it because Cowboys get the most views out of any, but any team in the NFL. For some reason, America still love the Cowboys. I think it's more of a historic thing. But I think this will be a very, very proper game. Get to see Dak Prescott come back after that leg injury. Um, and most people in the NFL, especially in the UK, I've got the impression I really, really like Dak as a player and as a person. So I think that... Everyone will be staying up to watch that game to see that come back. Brady, kind of notoriously slow starter as well. The amount of times that the Patriots lost their first game after winning a Super Bowl was crazy. I think it's like four out of six uh, times that they've the last six Super Bowls they won, that they'd lost the first Thursday Night Football game afterwards. Chiefs beat them twice, by the way. Just to say that, but <laughs> uh, I think this would be a hell of a game. Uh, the Bucks get their rings as well just before, so I think that's a fun one. Uh, loads of people will watch it, but yeah. We'll, we'll see who wins. I'm going to go with Dak as well for that one, just because I love him so much. But
1: Yeah, I like the Cowboys in that game. Don't ask me why, it's just because it's like kind of, kind of sleepy. You get your rings, don't you, and then someone comes in there. But I'd like the Buccaneers to blow them away, obviously. I, don't <laughs> be, I think it'd be a high-scoring game.
0: Yeah, if the Cowboys win that, that's not a good start for the Eagles and Giants fans and Washington fans that want to win the division, because the Cowboys will have a a 1-0 and start against a team they probably shouldn't beat, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, what's your next game that you've got that stands out to you?
1: It is. You're going to be really surprised at this game. It's week four, like my last pick, but it's Jags at Bengals.
0: You love week four?
1: I do love week four, because <laughs> I think every, oh, some bad teams are still undefeated, do you know what yeah. I mean? And it's like, wow, yeah. they're for real, but... No, I just think two of the highest rated QBs to come out of college in the last ten years, Burrow Lawrence playing each other. Obviously, Lawrence is not playing for a classic franchise, is he? In the classic jersey setup there, but it's no. I think that's a nice Thursday night game, actually.
0: Yeah, I don't hate the Bengals uh, white jerseys either. They're okay.
1: I love the Bengals jerseys. I just don't like the Jags jerseys. I just wish they had a better. Um, like a classic look to the eye sort of thing.
0: I don't know where the game is, but if they did the Jags black jerseys versus the Bengals white, that would be quite aesthetically pleasing. But you know someone's going to be playing in teal or orange, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's yeah. at, at Cincinnati on the Thursday night. I just think that's a nice matchup for two young QBs because there's not a lot of talk about Joe Burrow. He's like yeah,
0: he's, It's gone quiet now.
1: Yeah, you all must have forgot. I think that's what we're going to see this season from Burrow. I think he I'd like to see him uh, just you know but it was the best QB from that class sort of thing this year I think he could do that
0: yeah that's so
1: why I'm excited for this game
0: yeah and I think he's already throwing so he's going to be back regardless but uh, this gives him a couple more weeks to get back into the full flow doesn't it after his ACL injury so I think that helps uh, how good the game will be uh, cool my next game then uh, I'm not going to not pick this game it's Chiefs versus Packers week nine it's Mahomes versus Rogers. Hopefully, <laughs> either hopefully it's either Chiefs versus Rogers for the Packers or the Broncos in week nine or ten, whichever way you look at it. But I think he'll probably retire or stay at the Packers, so I'll go Chiefs Packers. They've never actually played each other because Mahomes was uh, injured the the time after he did his his knee in that year. And, uh, Chiefs had to play Matt Moore against the Aaron Rodgers, so they've never played each other, and I think. I listened to the guy who produces Sunday Night Football and they said, this was last season, they said, what game, if you had to pick now, because every apparently every TV channel gets to pick one game, and they said, what game would you pick as your number one? He said, oh, I'd pick uh, Rogers versus Mahomes, it'll be probably the most watched game in the history of Sunday Night Football, because they've never done it. Unfortunately, they decided to put it in at 9.30, not Sunday Night Football, but I think that's because of the Rogers stuff, but if he does stay, I think mahomes Rogers first time they play, is just going to be crazy, and it'll only happen every, what, four years on average, so... I think that uh, I think it's going to be a special game if it does happen.
1: It got flexed out, didn't it, for the Titans at the Rams, that huge rivalry.
0: Yeah, I, I just wonder if they're scared if they pick the game. Uh, because I think there's new flex rules, isn't there, that after week 10 they can flex more games out, but before yeah. they can't. And I think if they pick the game, then Jordan Love starts you're talking Chiefs by 20 against Jordan Love or Blake Bortles. So it's not a very good game then, is it? So maybe that's more than being scared about the Rogers trade. But let's hope he stays. Just, hope
1: that... just looking at that schedule, actually, week nine, what else they could have had there. It's so hard to predict. The only thing you could have had maybe is, I mean, Falcons at Saints, but, you know, Saints with James Winston, it's a tough one.
0: Taysom yeah. Hill. Taysom Hill, not James Winston, by the way. Oh,
1: yeah. yeah. So, yeah, he took <laughs> over by week nine, hasn't he? I forgot, yeah.
0: Well, you could watch the two future stars in the league play. Um, Jane Hurts and Justin Herbert, you know. Those two top QBs, that would be another one.
1: Yeah, that's, uh, that's, a, what, that's a nice nine o'clock game that
0: week. You'll be on the beers for that one.
1: Yeah,
0: cool. What's your, uh, your your last game then? It stands so I've got,
1: got two choices now, and
0: they both involve the Bills. Go on, read them, read them both out.
1: So, Bills at Chiefs, week five. Obviously, FC Championship rematch. But then, Bills, books. Week 12. I'm going to go Bill's Walks Week 12 to see
0: whether... That's not correct, is it? Why Have I got that wrong? You might have got that wrong. I'm trying to look see when they play the, the Bill's Bucks. I don't think it's week, week 12, is it?
1: No, but i got Week 12, down here.
0: Yeah. It's Week 14, it is. Week 14... It. Yeah, that's um a nine twenty five game as well. So not even a Sunday night football game. They've decided to go with well, this makes sense to be fair. They've gone with Packers Bears, which that's is a rival rivalry, really, isn't it? Justin <laughs> Fields undefeated. Against Jordan Love, who hasn't won a game.
1: <laughs> Both two twelve and 12-0 teams, yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah, no, I think Bills uh Buccaneers is good. Uh they got a hard schedule this year, the Bills. so um, they got a lot of uh, strange away games as well in terms yeah. of uh, off short rest but Bucks-Bills will be good uh, Bills-Chiefs will be good I think Bills-Chiefs is Sunday Night Football as well so that one will be good for the A- A- American audience not so good for the UK people that, that want to sleep uh, cool last game on my list then I went with another Packers game unfortunately I'm basically relying on Rogers to stay here or else this is, looks absolutely terrible I went Browns v Packers because they play on Christmas Day And going back to what I said earlier, this is the whole idea that the NFL wants to take Christmas day away from the NBA as well. Now they took everything else away from the NBA and now they're trying to take, trying to take Christmas day. And for me, I just think the Browns great team. They've only got, like I said, three primetime games. This is one of the three. So it's a huge game for the Browns. Um, Really good roster. Like we said earlier, obviously the Packers are the Packers. So this will probably be the most watched game. I think they said last year, uh, the Christmas day game was the second most watched game uh, in the world, obviously apart from the Super Bowl behind the Thanksgiving game that kicks off in the middle of the two uh, and I think they put two day, two games on Christmas Day this year just to get the view and figures up even more and I think Browns Packers stands out for me as a good one if Rodgers stays I think that'll be two really really stacked teams going against each other late in the season as well, there's only what two weeks left then so the game you'd hope would mean something as well to to one of the teams
1: Yeah, absolutely, It is a great game on Christmas Day and I have to say for anyone listening go to that game on christmas because i went to the brooklyn nets and chicago Bulls christmas day i think it was 2013 and let me tell you that's the best christmas day i've ever spent it was amazing (laughs) i sat on the second row oh wow police center and i just think that to me that's just classic christmas how does it get any better than that
0: the back then the ticket prices were famously cheaper as well at the Barclays, weren't they, compared to? Yeah,
1: it's a lot cheaper. Yeah.
0: If you tried to sit in the second row at MSG on Christmas Day, you'd be talking like five grand.
1: <laughs> Not too, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So the other game on Christmas Day. Is Cardinals Colts, so not quite as good, but it's the the, the Packers Browns games, the earlier ones. That's nine thirty. So after you've absolutely tanked your second Christmas Day dinner and you've <laughs> had you've had a lot of beer, you can just settle down at nine thirty to watch uh, Jordan Love potentially or Aaron Rodgers against Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham. So. I think uh, I think that's a, a good game, but all you, the rest are on Boxing Day as well, aren't they? Oh, sure. I was just about to say too.
1: Just the way that obviously the calendar falls this year, Boxing Day is a Sunday, and that is a, just a full slate. That is you, just you've massive. got the
0: Giants as well, by the state, haven't you?
1: Yeah, Giants Eagles classic uh, NFC East matchup. It's a good slate that that you've got Bills Patriots as well.
0: Yeah, Chiefs Steelers Cowboys Washington, so the other NFC East team. Um. Broncos Raiders, another divisional matchup. It's oh, a great day that.
1: box oh, boxing day.
0: I don't think uh you'll be moving off the sofa, will you, Boxing Day? Especially Blackburn play at like twelve in the afternoon as well.
1: Yeah, hopefully Blackburn will be Blackburn we're playing at home and I can get back just in time for six o'clock just for
0: Watch the watch the Giants beat the Eagles. Sounds good. Yeah, after Blackburn have been smashed some by someone. <laughs> by Peterborough, probably. Yeah, Peterborough, yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, we probably shouldn't go on a tangent to talk about the championship. I think we'll lose every uh, listener we've got, unfortunately. But yeah, just some standout games there. Obviously, like we said earlier, it's quite funny. We already know who everyone's playing, yet we still get hyped about it. Um, but yeah, there's some interesting ones. A couple of scheduled nuggets I wanted to see if you'd heard about though before we before we finish. Uh, the Bears don't play consecutive games the whole season, so they play home away, home away, home away the whole season. They never play two in a row. And that's the first time that's ever happened. What were what, what your thoughts on that? you think that makes a difference, not having to go on like, the road for three games in a row? Yeah, that's
1: really interesting. That. I didn't know that
0: at all. Yeah, first time it's ever happened, they'd literally go home, away, home, away, home, away, as long as there's no COVID stuff goes on. Um, that would be the first time any team's done it, which I think is interesting, because that's the old football mentality, isn't it? Like, 10 years ago, you'd just play home and away, home and away, whereas American football, the schedule is so random. But they've decided to give the Bears that, which I think will, will be a nice little touch oh, for their
1: fans. That- as a fan, though, in Chicago, it's like sometimes you do love like a homestand of like a couple in a row sort of thing that you go to. It's great. But, yeah, that's a, that's real interesting, actually.
0: Yeah, because Chicago is that where Northwestern's nearby, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then the other nugget as well that I wanted to say was um, what team was it? It might be the Vikings, but they've got three away games, one home game, then two away games. that is just a schedule mishap and then the Chiefs they go one home game by week two home games so they've got basically they don't have to leave Kansas City for five weeks which I think again is a crazy advantage they've given to a team there but I guess everyone plays everyone so maybe it won't matter in the end
1: No, absolutely just having a look at the Eagles schedule actually I think we've got maybe the most favourable I know the strength of schedule really favours the Eagles but I think we've got a nice road schedule this year at atlanta dallas carolina vegas detroit denver new york jets new york giants and then washington
0: that's quite nice yeah it is yeah well pff they do schedule analysis where they look at how good the teams will be rather than how good they were And they also look at like travel, like for example, the whole three games. And they've got Eagles as one of the five easiest schedules just because they've got easy travel, easy teams. They haven't got loads of away games in a row, for example. So hopefully your team will benefit from that. Yeah, we'll see. Whereas the Steelers are the opposite, they've got the worst by far. They've got like short travel, tough away games, four days rest, hard teams to play. So yeah. That's the, that's the negative of winning the uh, NFC North, whereas the Browns being third, they get a third place schedule, don't they? So it kind of, I think that stuff like that people forget about when they look at how many t- game teams are going to win every year. Yeah,
1: definitely.
0: Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap that up there then. Um, bit of schedule talk. Four months away. So hopefully in four months' time, we'll be as excited about week four as you are now. <laughs> <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> we'll see. Neither Burrow nor Lawrence have got a
1: win yet. Look absolutely horrific.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you haven't got any tickets for uh, NFL London. You just got it. That's the thing. <laughs> and you're tweeting about it like everyone else. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah a, it's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we shall see. Uh, so, cool. That's it for today. Next episode, I think we're going to talk to Jordan Foote again, uh, who came on for our draft podcast. We're going to talk about best and worst off-seasons, uh, free and and draft all together, look at what teams have improved the most and, and, and kind of gotten the worst, uh, and that'll be that'll be coming out next week and then after that we'll be on to some full off-season stuff where maybe Patrick will just talk about Northwestern for a whole episode we'll see. Yeah let's
1: have a big 10 episode
0: that'd be great. Yeah you can lead that one <laughs> uh, but yeah remember go follow us at, at go for Two pod uh, we'll be back next week uh, thanks for listening guys. I'll speak to you soon